welcome to the Max 6 Community Connections radio show and podcast with your host, Jennifer Burwell and Kyle McIntosh. Max 6 builds better communities where people and businesses thrive. We are broadcasting live from the Max 6 Entrepreneurial Center in Tempe, Arizona, and we'll be shining a light on the incredible stories of businesses we work with and how they are serving our broader community. And here is this week's Community Connection. Here we are. Welcome, everyone. Um, so today's show, we have LT Ludino Bryson, the CEO of The Candidate, and Ben Johnson, the owner of Arizona Web Pro. Typically, we have Kyle with us in studio, but he's not feeling well. So sorry, guys, you just get me flying solo. Um, <laughs> it's be a great show. So welcome to you both. Thank you. Welcome. Thanks for having me. You are welcome. Hi, Ben. Hello. Hi. So we always like to start with a little bit of background because everyone has such interesting histories. So LT, why don't you start and tell us kind of where you're from and how you got to Arizona? Well, originally from New York City, that's Manhattan, not a borough, and <laughs> uh, lived also in Los Angeles, back and forth, New York, LA, New York, LA, truly by coastal, came here about eight years ago. And uh, love the desert, even though chocolate melts. I love it here. Love the heat. Love the community. Love the way. It's just an easy way of living. And it fits and suits my family very well. Very true. So my husband's family is all from New York. I think I've shared that with you before, LT. And um, every time we go to visit, I, like, I love it. It's an amazing state, an amazing city. Um, his brother lives in the city. But it's so exhausting, like just getting groceries and like doing daily things. I'm like, I'm sure you get used to it. But I was just, when I come home, I'm like, I don't know why I'm complaining. Everything is so easy. You just, wherever you want to go, whatever you want to do. (laughs) It's so convenient. And I tell you, when I was back in October and I miss it tremendously, what I miss so much about the city is that you can walk down a street and hear so many different languages. Yeah. By passing that one block. And it truly is just an episode. Like when I go back, I have to go to raise pizza. I have to get Junior's cheesecake. I have to do things by food because there's certain things you just can't get anywhere, but other than New York. And uh, I'm a true New Yorker at heart. Everything about me is NYC. Yeah, that's true. You and my husband would get along. It runs <laughs> deep in people's soul when you're from there. So great. Um, and Ben, how about you? Uh, how long have I lived in Arizona? Is that the question? Are you native? Uh, for the most part. I was technically born in Boise, Idaho, but we moved to Tucson when I was uh, less than one. So this is all I know. And moved to the Valley here and maybe I was 12. So it would have been 90. I was born in 80. So doing the math on how old I was Ooh. when certain things happened or nice round numbers. He's so cute. He's born in 80. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, I was 12, so it would have been 92 when, when we moved uh, to the Valley here. Nice. And been here ever since. Um, do you agree? Do you like the heat? Um, you know, it's all I know. You know, when I was a kid, we used to spend all day playing outside, and I never honestly thought about the heat when I was a kid. It was just what it was. And I'm, sure we, I'm sure we smelled bad and <laughs> got sweat everywhere, but yeah, I, I don't really notice it. Yeah. Although for me personally, not having monsoon season this year has been killing me. It's like the only excitement we have in the summer and it's not here. So that's been so weird. So weird. It rained once. 
What are you guys complaining about? <laughs> For like a whole so hour. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> For an hour. Yeah. So I'm with you, Ben. I'm born and raised here. Nice. I'm a third generation um, oh, native, wow. actually. Oh. And um, so my family's come back here, um, goes back a long time. I don't really know anything different either. And when I was younger, you know, I, we used to have competitions. Like we had a community pool down the, down the street. Whoever could run the farthest barefoot in the summer <laughs> was the winner. Like, oh, how yeah. crazy what? is that? It's like oh. a million degrees on the asphalt. So, yeah, there's something unique about about Arizona. So, I kind of want to start with how you guys got involved with the businesses that you are in today. But first, what I wanted to talk about is um, one of the things I, as I was preparing for this show that I was thinking about both of you is that I so appreciate the courage and the tenacity that you both have because entrepreneurship is a... Uh, oh, okay. Is that your puppy? Elsie? That's Diva. Sorry. She's oh. going to be disrupting, but she has your mommy. She is adorable. Sorry. I get distracted by puppies and babies. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, um, the cur- the cur- amount of courage that it takes to jump off that that cliff and you know do it on your own and build something that you put your heart and soul into... Um, is really inspiring. And that's one of the things that really fills me up. And um, I always look at you guys and just like, wow, that's incredible. So Elsie, can you tell us a little bit about why you made the decision to start the company that you did? And then maybe a little bit about the company. I'm completely insane. I'll put it that way. And a lot of my friends tell me that I spent 20 years in a career in entertainment. I was a record executive and I have worked with at Jive, Arista, uh, Columbia, Sony Music. I worked with some of the best artists in uh, the late 80s and 90s, as well as in the 2000s. And I could make job, but I'll save that for later. Um, and I just got burnt out. You know, I literally was driving and I was listening to a song and I saw one of my sons in the back and he was just kind of bebopping like this to the song. And I was like, is my legacy Wu-Tang Clan? Like, is this all that I'm going to be about? You know, I was always LT at Jive, LT at Columbia. And that was great, but there was no ownership in that. It was great that I could help Usher and Monica and Outkast in one year all go platinum. And the company earned $12 million, right, in sales. And I wasn't even paid 1% of that. So that's what got me to thinking you know, it's great to be able to assist and help people bring their uh, dreams and, and projects to life. Um, but what's the next step for LT? What is it that I can bring to life? And the transition of being an artist development executive and then being able to look at, you know, literally I took a couple of months, like, what do I want to do when I grow up? Who do I want to be? What is the legacy I want to leave for my children? What, what will they say about LT? And the one thing everyone has always said is that LT either stands for lots of trouble or it stands for lots of tenacity, right? And um, it's the truth, you know, and I, I'm just fearless in so many ways to the point that it, it's very scary. Um, I have a great team around me. So transitioning into executive recruitment just made sense. So now I went from working with a Mariah Carey or Aretha Franklin or a Whitney Houston or even R. Kelly, believe it or not, and going into helping candidates prepare themselves so that they're in their best presentation of themselves 
when they're going for the role of their lives in an interview. So becoming that recruiter, being able to help foster the relationships with the employer as an extension of their company, I became known as the employment therapist. And that's my moniker and I'm sticking to it because I love being able to break things down to the lowest common denominator and being able to say, let's look at how we can make it better. And from artist development to career development, it's so similar. It was a great transition. So for me, it was just kismet. It was a natural uh, sum of all of the slumdog millionaire experiences I had ever had in my career. And the, my company, vcandidates.com, is the culmination of all of those experiences. And I'm tickled pink to do it. That's awesome. Your passion really comes through. And I really like that that transition of, you know, you're, you went from helping music um, stars to helping people star in their own lives, right? It's for a lot of yeah. us a position, our dream job is our, um, you know, what we're trying to accomplish. So that's such a great, great transition to take those skills um, to help everybody. That's awesome. It's and fun. fun. And, you know, it helps when you have a great team. I have an amazing team. Two of my team members, one just celebrated one year anniversary with the company, another two years. And, mm-hmm. you know, entrepreneurship is not easy. It is not If you're a nine to fiver, this is not for you. If you want a check on the first and the 15th, this is not for you. It's really the motivation that I get to get up every morning with my feet running. The thing that I am pleased when I go to sleep is the team that I work with. And I'm so very thankful to them. Oh, yes. You do have some great people around you. So, Ben, how about you? What um, pushed you off this entrepreneurial cliff? (laughs) Well, yeah. And, you know, I liked what LT said about being insane because it does, you have to be a little bit crazy. Nobody in their right mind would do this. And yeah, I didn't have the courage to jump. I was kind of pushed off by, you know, the whole COVID situation. My main client was a a company in Texas in the oil industry. And when oil prices, they actually went into the negative. And so it was like, oh, I should probably... (laughs) figure something out now and so yeah it was uh you know but yeah especially being you know at max six and just uh a few different networking organizations um i've just kind of i like helping people i like uh solving problems for people um and i usually don't charge for it if it's just you know a little question here or there and so really the only thing i changed is i I just started asking people for money for the stuff I'm doing for them. So unfortunately, I'm not able to volunteer as much as I was before. I had a lot of free time before. But yeah, like, again, like LT was saying, nine to five doesn't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or it it does, but it's, you know, uh, like 5 a.m. to nine. <laughs> Instead, mm-hmm. it just reverse the two numbers. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, uh, most of my career has been working for larger, you know, big in enterprise level companies, uh, solving problems for them. And there's a huge demand right now. I, I actually haven't had to do any advertising yet or any marketing or outreach or networking of any kind. When things started locking down, everyone started panicking and turning to technology to help adapt. And so right. people are just getting in line and knocking down my door, trying to, you know, asking me for help. And so it's 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 been... 
it's been really good for me. It's it's getting to the point where it's I'm getting more work than I have time to do. So, you know, I'll be very quickly probably growing and hiring employees and things like that. I've got a few freelancers that I've been working with to help me adapt to what's happening. So, yeah, my, and now I'm thinking, well, is this uh, <laughs> is this going to be sustainable after the COVID stuff and things calm down? But I'm developing some really good relationships with some of my clients. Most of my clients are small companies, medium companies, and I basically just take things that I was doing for these large billion-dollar companies and offering similar solutions for smaller or mid-sized. There's a lot of really inexpensive technology that's accessible out there that we can take advantage of. So it's really just taking it on a much smaller scale. So the work I'm doing is actually a lot easier than the work I was doing before, and it's more profitable. I'm not making one person rich you know, it's I'm helping multiple smaller businesses with you know solve their problems. So it's it was just kind That's of good. forced into it, but I'm really loving it. And I don't have a boss. You know, I don't have well, I have like uh, twelve bosses now. But <laughs> with this, I can if any one of my bosses uh, becomes difficult to work with, I can just thank them for the opportunity to work with them and move on and. <laughs> You know, so it's a it's a, a little bit more freedom. Same thing with LT. I think you know most entrepreneurs they really like the concept of freedom, even though it's not really more free. Your time is gone, gone. But that's the end goal, right? Just to um, build something that will last and that you're in control over, and, and can provide job opportunities for other people as well. So tell us, Ben, a little bit about um, your company, Arizona Web Pro. Like, what do you do? What services do you offer? Most of the work that I do is, well, it's probably half, it, basically just anything that's on the internet, if you need help with. I specialize in things like automation, web design, building software. If a lot of, most of the projects I'm involved in right now, you know, a lot of these smaller, medium-sized companies, they basically operate their entire business off of Excel files or Google Sheets, some kind of like they, they use the tools that they know and they use the tools that um, that they're familiar with. And, and as businesses grow, that quickly becomes difficult to work with. So most of the projects I'm doing right now are basically taking them to the next step, taking them from running all their business off of Excel sheets and using actual uh, web software that's customized to what they need and uh, I do a lot of WordPress. Most people that I, most of my clients are on WordPress right now, so about half of them. So I do a lot of uh, optimization of the WordPress sites. I, I have my own uh, dedicated server for running WordPress sites, so uh, my WordPress sites run faster than any anybody else's that I've seen. So I do a lot of automation. So you know, a lot of businesses, especially if your website is making money. I have these automated scripts that will go through and take screenshots of your website. Uh, it'll perform plugin updates. And if there's any discrepancy, anything changed or broken from a, a plugin update, it'll send me a text message and it'll fix it automatically. And, and so it's basically if I keep people's websites from going down, I keep them running fast. So that's, that's the main two things I do is custom software and WordPress hosting. It's good to hear, Ben. Yeah, those are important things. Especially <laughs> you know, brother. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Take note, LT. <laughs> uh, um, so LT, explain to us a little bit about um, thecandidates.com and 
how the platform is different than maybe some other platforms out there. Gladly. We are an end-to-end career platform that focuses on helping candidates transition from being job seekers into viable candidates, right? We also connect them with vetted uh, recruiters who have the opportunity to source these pre-screen candidates. And we also help employers with the ability to offer an offboarding resource. So as people are laying off, they're able to provide a three-month subscription for free to those that are transitioning. So the goal with thecandidates.com, it's not just to be uh, somewhere where you go and look for a job. We believe that the candidates are the golden egg, right? That the onus should be on the recruiters to find the great talent. So a candidate can sign up with thecandidates.com. And instead of just being a one-dimensional resume, they now have the ability to express their thoughts and what they would like to grow into with the video. They're able to provide up to four versions of their resume, personality assessment, background check if it's necessary, a reference check, personality. I mean, the assessments can go very deep into having coaching with uh, HR professionals, as well as being able to provide this one profile where once they've submitted their information, they no longer have to do the tedious and mundane chore of multiple application submissions, right? So you can now connect with literally five to six recruiters at one time with different jobs, and you don't have to do anything. The recruiter literally gets the opportunity to present the opportunity to the candidate, and the candidate can swipe left or swipe right. And then it starts to move you through the process, which a lot of candidates, they'll um, apply for a bunch of jobs. They'll create an Excel sheet to keep, you know, to monitor where they've posted if they're organized and um, they have to wait for communication. But with vcandidates.com, we have a dual CRM system that gives you real-time communication as you go through the hiring process. So imagine being a candidate, you put together your profile, a recruiter finds you, they literally send you an invite to view a job. And once you said, yes, I'm interested, you automatically get a calendar invite or screening with that recruiter. So instead of applying and waiting for days and getting that, you know, basic email, hey, we're looking at your resume. We now have put you through the process that within a 10 minute period, you have an interview schedule. And it moves through that process. It's able to present you to a client that the recruiter is working with. And again, not as a resume, but as your complete profile. So imagine right now we are so competitive in the candidate space because in February, we were a candidate-driven market where there were more jobs than there were people willing to shift and move. Everybody was comfortable and everybody was prosperous. Now that we've had this course correction, we literally are in a employer's market where there are going to be less jobs because people have downsized. They have the opportunity now to really see what teams they want to build and when, right? And now there's more talented people available. And those that are working, even they are going to be looking for new opportunities. So it's very competitive. Candidates are going to have to become more competitive. And thecandidates.com gives them the leg up to do that. I can imagine you've got to be very busy right now because like you said, yes, lots has changed. And, you know, with some of the executive leadership teams that I work with, 
you're so right. In January, February, all the conversations we were having is we can't find talent. We don't have enough talent to fill the positions that we have. How are we going to grow? What are we going to do? And the conversation has completely shifted, which is kind of, I don't know what the right word is, unsettling, maybe on a small side, is because how quickly things can change. Um, at least for me, it's had me really thinking. Um, and, you know, when you think about everything you thought you knew or things that you think you know, and then when the whole world at one time changes and questions things that um, may not be true anymore, I've really been doing a lot of analyzing my own personal life, my own professional goals, all of those things. Um, so I don't know if either of you have been experiencing this oh, yeah. or if I'm just out yeah. there doing that. Yeah, I but read your then, I read that blog article that you wrote about uh, cognitive dissonance. That was really good and exactly how I've been feeling lately too about just all the crazy stuff that's going on right now is there's like multiple truths that have to exist in our brain that are opposing, but they have to find a way to coexist. And so that's just been a common theme for me the last few months. Sounds like you guys need an employment therapist. (laughs) That's exactly the type of advice, the blogs, the information that we provide on vcandidates.com to help people get through this. Yes, it is unsettling. And what's even more unsettling is that sometimes we're receiving reports about, oh, unemployment numbers are going down. Yes, less people are able to claim unemployment because either the state has put a pause on unemployment or they, um, those that were doing, you know, receiving unemployment can no longer apply or they decided to take a gig job, right? So if you get a gig job, you can't apply for unemployment. So the numbers of actual filings have gone down, but there's still tons of people out of work. And what we do at vcandidates.com is we have actual HR recruiting professionals that work as v counselors. We literally, once you put together your profile, you get a chance to get a 45-minute consultation. Because again, here's where the career development comes in. You're able to talk to someone who's going to review your resume for you, who's going to actually give you a mock interview and help you make your profile better. Because again, the goal is to make you the best person possible. And what our site also has is a nine-step career development boot camp so that you can actually have some intersection. What is my purpose and vision? Where do I want to go? How to clean up my social media? Because a lot of people are running out there, deposit, you know, putting out these resumes, forgetting that there's a digital imprint and footprint we live every time we post something. And then, you know, employers like myself and Ben, we're going to go straight to your social media to check out who you are, what you think, to see if you fit culturally. Right. Yeah, right. So there's so many things that people even I was talking to a C-level executive. Oh, well, I've done this and da, 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 da. And I said, listen, the boot camp is to allow you to remind you of what you should be doing. You may know to do it and you've heard it before, but you're now you've got to move from your head and move your feet. And that's where people are stuck. And yes, so many people should be rushing to be candidates, but people are so stuck in their head that they're, it's like being in quickstand. They can't move. They don't know how to shift from one industry to another, if they should be open to it. And because I've had transition with the company, because I had to transition industries, because when I was looking for a job back in 2009, I literally put out 200 
resumes. I know what everyone is feeling and I understand it. And I help go them to the right road to move forward. That's what we're here for. So talk to us a little bit more about that. So I think it's so true. And I see that in my work too, is when change, the one thing that I think most, or actually all humans hate or are very uncomfortable with is change and uncertainty. And that's where we are. And it causes, it has different effects in different people, but a lot of it really is that stuck feeling. I'm like frozen. I I am so overwhelmed. I'm not sure what the next, like you intellectually understand what the next steps are, but you just can't move your feet, as you said. So talk to us a little bit about how do you, like what advice do you have to help overcome the emotion side of it um, to be able to get moving forward? One of my favorite movies is What About Bob with Bill Murray. I love that movie because it has something so phenomenal in it. Baby steps. See, the problem is that we're so intellectual. We're so in our head. We're so smart. We think we have to finish everything in an hour. And that's not what we're supposed to do. We have to take baby steps to motivate us to move further. I like to tell people, imagine where you are right now in your job search and and even trying to figure it out. It's a treasure hunt. And most people think the treasure hunt is actually finding the treasure. That's not true. The true treasure is getting to the next clue. The next clue provides more revelation. It provides an ability to stop and rehash and to move in which direction. So for someone like yourself, Jennifer, that so into your head and kind of, you know, stuck in where you need to go, I always tell people to first breathe, simply breathe. I always like my list, write out what you want to accomplish. Once you write out everything you want to accomplish, then compartmentalize them into each day. It might be two things you need to accomplish today. That's okay. You don't need a list of 10 and 12. It might be one thing. I had one thing I was supposed to do today before this interview. I got up at seven o'clock in the morning and I worked on that project all day. And you know what? I was so fulfilled that even though there were meetings that I could have had, I just moved things aside. Because I don't want the pressure of having to stop and start and stop and stop and stop and start. And I could have done that up until one o'clock. But being present enough with knowing what you can handle and what you can't will help you move to the next level and through the anxiety of even starting. Right. That's so true. So for me, when I feel anxiety, it's action. Right. And that's exactly what you just described. So every week. I have my intentions for the week, my goals, and then I review them on Sunday and reset new ones. And that has helped so much for me. So Ben, this is changing the subject a little bit, but I think it's in line with, you know, looking, I like that treasure hunt analogy and looking for the next clue. So I've heard a rumor that there were a lot of business ideas you've had (laughs) that you rejected before you landed on what you're currently doing. So I'm dying to know what they were and why they didn't make the cut. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, I'm, this is clearly a list of rejected ones. Uh, Okay. So I've got them on my phone here. (laughs) Yeah. I was talking to Kyle a little bit about these. I think people, when you're trying to find an idea for a new business, you, you got to just completely remove all barriers and just, okay, think outside of the box. What, what's, so this is not definitely meant as a real list. Um, this is just the way my brain is wired. Um, so, okay. yeah, this was just kind of, um, uh, let's see, what do I have here? So, you know how they have um, like mobile dog grooming stations? 
so one idea was for a mobile dog cremation station. And, you know, you could just find like an old pizza truck. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Well, as we just saw, LT's little LT, dog. LT doesn't know me very well, clearly. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but you know what? It's good because it is so true. I lost three dogs last year. Oh, wow. And yeah, oh, so having to have a service like that where I can know that I can take care <laughs> of my pet, it's... it's, it, it's you know, a lot of brilliant. these ideas, people... I saw a movie, I think, what was it called? Like Little Miss Sunshine or something. It was... You guys seen that? It's like a, the movie about the cleanup crew after a horrible murder scene. And oh, no. You're thinking of uh, Earth, Reservoir Darks. What was that one? What was that? Reservoir oh, Darks? No. A- anyways. The cleaner? It, there was, it was a movie about a girl who starts a company, like a, like a cleaning company, and they clean up after, like, horrible murder scenes. And... You know, sometimes it takes doing the things that no one else wants to do, you know. <laughs> that's the true ingenuity. Yep, that's the right. true ingenuity. Uh, so this one obviously wouldn't work, but just another rejected idea. Uh, so, you know, when a child goes missing and they put those photos of them up, uh, this is, you know, from their school, from some kind of photograph that they have. The problem is if a kid's going to be kidnapped, they're going to be in a state of shock. And so they're not going to be smiling. They're not going to look like that. So you have a photographer that advertises like the last photo they take, they just frighten the child and they get a photo of them. (laughs) And then, you know, and then you have those photos that you show and the kid will get more likely to be found because it matches what they... they, uh, (laughs) Yeah, again... Rejected ideas. These wouldn't work. I'm scared to ask what else is on your list. Yeah, some of these I probably shouldn't read. No, I need to know. <laughs> I need to know. Uh, okay, uh, here's another one. So you know how they have like a life coaches? Mm-hmm. So maybe like a death coach? Um, so you basically start with your obituary and just make it as badass as you can think of. And you just work back from there to do all the steps that it would take to have that kind of awesome death. Oh, instead of that, because if you wrote your obituary as like, it's like I've a, actually done an exercise like this in a leadership. It's group. like a dream board for your death. Yeah. But if you think about like the legacy you want to leave, the obituary. Yeah. And then you can work backwards and build that life. Yeah. Like when you're 90, start skydiving or, you know, just increase the odds of dying in a really cool way. You know, not on purpose. I'm seeing a theme of like death and horrible. Yeah, yeah. Well, (laughs) well, you know what? He's got that Adams family kind of vibe going on, (laughs) and I'm loving it. I'm really loving it. And I I can kind of see the dream board. Everyone's so about life and what's that ending going to be. But you, when if you're doing an elaborate funeral, you'd want. I kind of. I get it. I'm there with you. Yeah, like, I get it. You know, yeah, it's cool. Oh, he did a bunch of charity. He built a bunch of houses. That's cool. But what they really focus on is like, wait, he exploded? What? You know, like the way that they die is the thing oh. that people will remember the most. So you start doing extreme sports when you're really old, you'll increase those odds. Again. Yeah, I'm glad that that was... Uh, we love you here, Ben. We love you. <laughs> we love you here, Ben. Uh, so another one is, you know how they have like Uber Pool? That's a version of Uber where you get in your car and it's cheaper because you share uh, your trip with other people. Uh, so 
I haven't really thought this one through enough before it got rejected, but I just wrote the name Tinderpool. And so basically you just, you know, maybe three guys, if they take the same girl out on a date, it's a lot cheaper. They can split the cost of the meal. That's called a trade. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, you know, you could have an app for it, though. Uh, so, uh, uh, so I, where I thought you were going is there is an app for sharing like backyard pools. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. People come swimming, which I thought that was weird. So instead of Uber done. pool, it's pool Uber. All right. A, Good. A pool sharing. I like that. Uh, All right. Well, one more. I have... just call it concubine. <laughs> call it concubine. <laughs> I don't think you need any more encouragement of this. He's on a good path. Uh, so the last one I have here. Um, so you know how, um, like, if you get in a very small car accident, they call it a fender bender. And I, I have the theory that the th- word fender bender is a marketing term by insurance companies to make it sound not as bad. Because it's still large masses of metal crashing into each other and bending your fender. That takes a lot of force. But if you call okay. it, if you, if you make it rhyme, it doesn't sound as bad. So I was thinking you could just do a branding agency for horrible accidents and just come up with rhyming names for terrible accidents uh, and sell these to insurance companies so that they can save money on, on claims. So, like, if somebody dies in a bungee cord accident, you could just call it a bungee plungy. <laughs> you slip and fall into a wood chipper. That's a chipper slipper. Decapitation, you could call it knocky blocky. Some of these I probably shouldn't read, but you get the yeah. idea. <laughs> One thing that I love about Max is the creativity <laughs> of the people around us. And it takes... so. Wait, if you came up with those, um, you know, maybe like during the COVID, it was like you were in a dark place or something. I don't know. Maybe I was having a, maybe I was having a dark day. But it, I'm glad that you know we're we're looking up. Um, but it is true <laughs> that it takes a lot of creativity to be an entrepreneur, and that's why literally every day when I when I walk in the office, when I am in the office, I'm surrounded by all sorts of great ideas and. Nine out of ten, and also, you know, not going to work, but that one. So if you guys could share a little bit about um, your experience at Max 6 and kind of why you chose this as your workspace. So LT, how about you start? I was a member of Alliances, and Max 6 is a very prominent member and sponsor of Alliances. And in building my business, I look for resources within the Alliance network. And so it just made sense. Um, I, even though I live all the way down in Queen Creek, I wanted to make sure that my team members who lived in North Scottsdale and Chandler and Phoenix had a really um, central located office to come to. I didn't want to uh, push any talented people out of my company because of a travel to get to the office. So it just was a no-brainer for me. I love having such a supportive network of people around at any time. If I need something, you know, I love hearing what Ben is doing now, Ben. And so <laughs> there may be some collaboration with vcandidates.com down the line. I'm, yeah. I'm all about the collaboration and being able to have space there. And we had our own offices about a thousand square feet, able to have, you know, four offices, conference table in the kitchen, the whole thing. And we still felt tapped into 
the Max Six community. So that was uh, very that's very good. And and as we you know as now with the COVID and everybody staying at home, it was easy to just to transition into the the uh, you know the space right now that I can go into and I have an office because I need to get out of the office. I mean out of the house. I uh, love my family, but no. Um, and uh, I still know that my business can run well. Thanks, LT. And Ben, how about you? Uh, yeah, it's it's really about the community. It's about the people that are here. The fact that I can make jokes about uh, horrible things and uh, people won't judge me for it, at least to my face. They'll wait till I leave, at least. Uh, little... be all on my social media, Ben. <laughs> I tell you. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's you know I've I've made a lot of good contacts uh, just from being here. I like the location. I have one client who lives in Tucson, but he flies to Vegas once a month. So he just the airport's right here. So you know, just stops in, spend the day working, and then he'll move on. So it's uh, pretty easy to get to. Uh, it's about ten minutes from my house, and yeah, it's been. It's been a lot of fun, uh, especially during COVID. You know, I've uh, moved uh, in from a shared desk down to a, my own private office just so I can keep the germs away. But yeah, they've been really accommodating for my business. And then as I start to grow and after I meet with LT and figure out how to hire lots of people, then I'll have a, all these desks here available. So it's uh, a perfect space for opportunities to grow without having to figure out, okay, now I'm this big, so now where do I go? <laughs> it's right. uh, You've got options for pretty much all sizes. So, yeah, it's been Yeah, great. that is so one of the things that I really enjoy about, about Maxix is we develop such deep relationships with our community members. And it's so sad to think that, you know, they might leave one day. And what we want to do is it's not because of we ran out of space. Well, if we get super, super huge, we'll run out of space at some <laughs> point. And that would be awesome. And we'll have a big party and celebrate. Um, but we do have the flexible space, so everything from the desk to to the private offices. Um, but Ben, what I really liked about your journey is you know you started at Resound when I first met you, yeah. Um, and then you um, <laughs> took your other position with the oil company. And you know when you heard that you were leaving, we were all very sad. I was like, oh no! <laughs> but then we had such great news. That, I know I, I love it here so much that I'm going to stay here and run a desk. And yeah. then when we heard that, you know, you were making some more changes, um, it's just such an honor that you, even through all of the changes that you've made, you've still chosen to stay in our workspace. And I, it makes my heart happy because <laughs> it feels like, you know, everything that we're doing and working so hard to build this community it really is happening. And so a large part, not what Max 6 team is doing. It's what everybody <laughs> in the community is doing. Because it's not just the relationships you have with us. It's yeah. with everybody else in the community to help them support. So Thanks for never leaving. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely feel very supported here. And yeah, when I left Resound, you know, I it was basically like, bye mom, dad, I'm moving out of the house and then just moving into the garage, you know. <laughs> you know, so yeah, there's a lot of options here to grow. And yeah, for, so, you know, when I was working for Resound, came here, but I'm like, well, I, I have this other opportunity to work, but I, I went to Mike and I was like, would it be awkward if I... <laughs> quit but then you still have to like stare at me every day <laughs> two rows down <laughs> so yeah obviously i've got a good relationship with them so he's like yeah that's fine and you know we still collaborate and you know i still do some work for resound from time to time and yeah pretty much everyone that i've met here um has you know uh, i also 
I don't have anything officially published, but I always just let anyone here in the space know if, you know, I'll spend up to like an hour. It's almost like office hours, you know, just picking my brain or whatever, um, any kind of technology related things. And, and just by doing that, it's opened up a lot of doors for me, you know, just by offering that one hour, you know, maybe a week or however often I do it. There's been so many people, maybe that same person is talking to a friend. Uh, and actually one of my biggest clients right now was, somebody I, who that I met at Mac 6 and he was just out talking to a friend who owns a business and like, oh yeah, I know a guy. Why don't you give Ben a call? And and so, yeah, I just, it's great. you know, it's a huge, that kind of stuff happens to me like on a monthly basis. So it's, it's pretty good. Can you guys both, I'm really interested um, in spirit of community and just because I'm genuinely interested. Like if you had your ideal target client, what does that look like? And, um, yeah, I guess that's my question. What does that look like? Who, who is perfect for your business? So Ben, if you want to start. Uh, for me, it's anyone who has, uh, has a website that is, you know, the main source of their income for their business is one way or another through their website. Uh, you know, uh, usually it isn't worth it to, you know, put the kind of resources behind it. If your website is just like, a informational, like, here's my contact info, you know, but if, if your website, you know, when I was about uh, 15 years ago, I worked for University of Phoenix. And uh, I was in charge of about 20 different software applications, uh, making sure that they were, everything is up and running. And somebody actually sat down and did the math and figured out it was about a million dollars for every hour worth of lost revenue that these systems were down. And so obviously it's not going to be that scale, but, you know, I've got a lot of experience of running a very large, complicated system. And so I can apply that to a smaller, medium-sized businesses for a fraction of the cost of something like that. So yeah, anytime if your website goes down, it means lost revenue for you, then I can definitely make sure that doesn't happen. That's awesome. So is there a specific industry or as long as it's just the website is... Yeah, pretty much any industry. I've got, you know, obviously in the oil industry, I've got experience in education. I've got a couple of ed tech companies as clients. I've got three different uh, clients in the healthcare industry. So, you know, pretty much anything. You might want to check out the uh, neighboring school districts. I know they were having some problems getting things up and running (laughs) for education. So you might want to check in with them, see if you can help them. Uh, Yeah, that's a good, that's a good point. Yeah. Hey, this is another idea that might get rejected, but (laughs) teachers everywhere in the state are having to like learn all these new platforms and technology. You'd be like a teacher IT consultant. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, That's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. I already, I already, I already do quite a bit of that. My parents are both teachers and my wife is a high school teacher and oh, okay. several of my friends are high school teachers. So yeah, they're on the front lines right now. School's going back. Her school went back last week and you know our kids go back this uh, next week. And so yeah, it's a, it's a huge struggle because everything is online right now. And so yeah. they're just, luckily she has... IT support living under her roof. Uh, but for teachers who don't have that, you know, and keep in mind, most teachers right now also have kids, m- most of them who are starting online school, and, you know, at the same time. And so, I mean, 
yeah, it's it's kind of insane because if your internet goes down and you're home, you don't have anybody to call and you can't, you've got a class full of students staring at a blank screen, you know? Yeah. So yeah, it's yeah. that's a huge challenge right now that we're faced with all over the place, so. Yeah, I know we could spend hours just on, on that topic, <laughs> but I want to get, I'm really curious for LT. So what, what is your ideal customer? Is it um, the people, the job seekers or is it recruiters? Is it a combination of both, all of the above? I always say it's the golden egg. It's the candidates. It's the job seekers. Our goal is to help as many as possible get prepared so that they can, again, make the best presentation of themselves. And whether that's the candidate that is looking to, transition even though they have a position whether that's someone that's been let go or whether it's an employer that's looking to transition or downsize they have the ability to again buy three months on our subscription platform to make sure that as they're leaving a little goodwill to their team to move them forward as they transition so you know our goal is to continually help job seekers we even have offered up until um, the end of August, Tempe, but we decided to donate that back across the country. So if you are struggling, if you've done the normal things that you have to do and you want some more advice, go to vcandidates.com. We're here to help you. Use the yellow banner to sign up free. This is $125 savings, and it equates to about $2,500 worth of career development costs. So Again, our goal is to get people moving and set up so that they can thrive again. That's so awesome. And that, like we talked about, that's so needed right now. And that's such a generous offer. For Our pleasure. When I first heard of, you know, the offboarding package, I thought that that was an incredible offer. And I, I hope that many, many companies take you up on that because we're on that package because you know, laying people off is one of the most difficult things that employers, managers have to do. But if you're able to give a resource, that's incredible. But if any of those employers that are in AZ and they're affiliated with SHRM, they'll be able to uh, see me on Tuesday, August the 25th. We're having a session called Company Culture Never Dies. And this is what people think when they transition someone, they're gone. Right now, job seekers are so savvy that if they're applying for a position, they're going to go to see if there's any negative reviews. And there are sites like Glassdoor, who doesn't like to admit it, um, but also the layoff.com that specifically gives insight of what companies are like inside when they're transitioning, all kinds of stuff. And we want to help educate those employers to say, guys, you might be on a list. I mean, I read something today. They gave all the scoop on a meeting on Wells Fargo about downsizing <laughs> of thousands of people. So yeah. customers and employees are watching the employers mm-hmm. more than ever. They're trying to align themselves with purpose-driven initiatives, right? That's and if so they're not aligned, people are not biting. And it's going to be harder for these companies to find good talent because the talent won't come to their table. So funny story, LT, and I thank you for bringing up Sherm, Arizona Sherm conference. Um, we had a speaker training this week and I saw I was your, on it. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, oh, LT's going to be there. So um, I'm also doing a presentation on the 26th 
So I am excited. Are you going to, you're going to be at the conference as well and attend? It's virtual, but. Yes. And I will be looking and I have already earmarked to make sure that I check you out and heckle you in the back. So it's going to be great. What is Sherm? Sherm is the Society of HR Managers. Oh, okay. So basically it's a certification, uh, initials uh, uh, at the end of anyone that's, you know, moved on into HR and they're serious about their craft to make sure that they stay well educated on the different regulations and processes that are moving forward. And believe it or not, there is nothing set up in Sherm continuing uh, education units offboarding and that's where we're going to come in that's awesome that's kind of shocking actually wow <laughs> yeah it was shocking when we looked at it we we looked at it and sent a message to the president saying hey we're here to help you so we want to help educate why it's so necessary yeah most you know i never even heard of the term offboarding and that means that probably most companies aren't really doing it or you know, yes, they not, are. not doing it right. Yeah. Well, uh, for them, it's help is giving you a cardboard box and walking you to your car. You exactly. Know? <laughs> because everyone goes through anytime you leave a company, you go through offboarding. You get yeah. your Cobra understanding benefits. You sign a severance letter. You um, might get someone to help you with your resume fix. Maybe not. Mm-hmm. Some people get outplacement packages that cost thousands of dollars, mm-hmm. but doesn't take them anywhere. And so, again, because we're so candidate centric, it's like, Mm-mm. let us take them, let us help groom them and move them forward and then connect them with people with jobs. Yeah. I think we're getting credits in heaven on that one. <laughs> I, like that. I agree. There's a lot That's of awesome. offboarding happening right now. Yes. And we're trying to get people to understand it. And, and it's, it's going to come back around because it's never too late to be kind. Never, mm-hmm. ever, ever. Oh, I love that. That's such a great motto. So one last, well, actually I have two uh, last fun little questions that Kyle and I always ask at the end of uh, the show, because if you can believe it or not, we're almost out of time. Um, so the first question is, which book would you recommend? And would is it your most favorite? Okay, forget that. Let me <laughs> re-ask the question, because Kyle always does this one, and I'm totally messing it up. <laughs> what is your all-time favorite book? And would you recommend it? Or is there another one that you recommend? Ben, you look like all-time my favorite answer. Uh, my all-time favorite book is the Foundation series by Isaac Asimov, and they Apple's TV service is actually um, making it into a TV series, which I'm really, really trying not to get excited about. And then they announced the producers and directors and the actors. And it's actually got a really good list of people behind it. But I'm trying, I, every time they make something into a, a movie or TV series, especially when it's your favorite, like you can't get your hopes up too much. So I'm still trying to not get too excited about it. Cause, uh, yeah, I, Game of Thrones was one of my favorite books. And then they kind of ruined it when they made the TV series. So I'm trying not to follow that okay. same mistake. No. Oh. I think Mike Jones also had a similar recommendation. Okay. The name sounds familiar. Yeah. Good. So would you recommend it for anyone? Only if you like really boring books. (laughs) It's incredibly boring. It was written, you know, in the maybe 60s or 70s, and it talks about robots and technology in a weird way that, you know, it's like a... 
the way they talk is, you know, the the main character in the book, uh, by the end of the book, it's like 600 years after. So they don't really have, they they move, it's almost like a, histo- like a historical novel, but it takes place 20,000 years in the future. And so it's, it's, uh, anyways, yeah, it's, it, it's very slow moving. <laughs> Not for everybody. <laughs> I'm looking for a slow-moving book about robots and technology. I'll be sure to check that out. Exactly. Just wait for the TV series. You know, if it's about a self-help, I'm a huge, huge Outliers fan. I love Mm -hmm. reading something that's going to help me be very provocative and actually do some work to figure out who I am. I love the concept that, did you know that most amazing like star hockey players are born in either January or February. Like That's, it's proven. Wow. So really well, quick story. My husband, we know this and outliers is a big <laughs> family favorite too. And my husband, we got our last stop, our last baby was due in January. And he's so excited because he's a huge hockey fan. <laughs> and he's like, yes. And then like, we're having a daughter. And so now she has to be this great hockey star because he's so convinced <laughs> of January. So anyways, yes. And it's really weird because my firstborn is born in January, January 28th, and he's a lefty, softball. And naturally, when he was a kid, he would pick up the softball and just throw it. It would be a perfect curve. When he would play, we're Brazilian. So when he would play football, soccer, you know, he did it until he was about six. He's like, okay, I'm tired of that. He was really good. I'm like, no, really? He's like, nah, no, I can be good. It's okay. Basketball, he could play lefty, but he was only encouraged to play as a righty. And then when the co- the coach would say, switch it up, Caleb, he would then switch it up and, and just drive people crazy. And so I love it. You know, I love it from that wow. perspective. I'm such a psychotic athlete. <laughs> Ridiculous. But if I have to go for like suspense novel, that kind of stuff. Well, I wrote two suspense novels that I'm very fond of. Oh, and it's a hot mess. Woo! It's called To and Fro. It's a series. And it's really about if you had to be in a position where you made change or, you know, had to relearn some things, but everything else around you stayed the same. How would that be? You know, um, I could get in a car accident, have amnesia and have to relearn things. But if everyone else around you is still saying the same with their bad habits or whatever, how is that going to encourage you? Or how is that not be off-putting to you? It's it's a fun read. It's hysterical. And I get to... Me... (laughs) Nice. Me, I wrote it. Um, and then I'm also working on a book right now called The Employment Therapist, uh, Advice and Antidotes from a Smartass. So <laughs> I love that title. Awesome. It's not it's smartass means not what you think, but uh, uh I like that even more. Is it about donkeys? Yeah. About what? Intelligent donkeys? Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my chill. So we're running out of time, but quickly, I want to get this in. And LT, you kind of answered the question, this next question, but what's one thing that most people don't know about you that surprises them when they find out? Oh, ben? God. I'm a twin. Oh. Unfortunately, identical? She identical twin. I was born an identical twin. Um, she was crib deaf, so she's not here with me. But could you imagine the world with two of us? <laughs> wow. Makes you appreciate just the one more, doesn't it? <laughs> Diva. Ben, how about you? Hmm. Um, you seemed pretty surprised when I told you I can do backflips. 
That is true. Yeah, I'm a 40-year-old overweight guy and I can do backflips. We're still limber. I love it. (laughs) It gives me hope. Uh, Makes me tired. (laughs) Good. (laughs) All right. So as we wrap up, just can you quickly tell us, each of you, where people can find you um, if they want to reach out? So Ben, how can people connect with you? Hmm, That's a good question. I'm kind of like, where's Waldo? I hide really well and (laughs) you have to look for me. No, I have my my website actually is in a work in progress right now. I haven't actually finished my own website. And I know that makes me sound like a gluten-free baker, you know. But uh, ArizonaWebPro.com is my website within the next week or so. It should be up. Good. And LinkedIn? Uh, yeah, you can just find me on LinkedIn. Uh, I don't know if there's show notes or something where I can put, put all that in. But yeah, I'm, I'm on LinkedIn. And LT, how can candidates and employers and recruiters find you? They can find me on V as in viablecandidates.com. And I'm also on LinkedIn, but my profile on the website will be able to allow people to just go directly to my LinkedIn page. And um, I'm here and available for anybody that wants to speak. Reach out. It's my pleasure. Awesome. So thank you so much. I really appreciate all of your time. We survived without Kyle. So we're in the <laughs> right. We miss you, Kyle. Yes. <laughs> thank you, guys. Thank you for listening to the Max 6 Community Connection radio show and podcast with your hosts, Jennifer Burwell and Kyle McIntosh. We are off to continue building better communities where people and businesses thrive and telling the stories of capitalism as a force for good through the businesses that we serve. To be a part of the conversation, join us for a tour of the Max 6 Entrepreneurial Center in Tempe, Arizona, or find us at max6.com.